It seems like I remember reading some quotes about temptation after my conversion, and a couple statements that I remember reading is, I can resist all things except temptation. Another quote was, the only way to deal with temptation is to yield to it. Now, as Christians, I think often we come to a point where we get tired of fighting the battle, where we get, where we get tired of resisting the temptation, and it's almost as if we live our lives like we used to. We almost go into this mode and belief system of saying, well, okay, I can resist all things except temptation, and it looks to me like the only way to even deal with this temptation, the only way to get rid of this temptation, the only way this temptation will not be haunting me and and biting at my heels is to just go ahead and yield to it. Now, you got to understand something. The only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is the fact is this fact. As a non-Christian, this is the way you lived your life. You lived your life with this men- mindset, this mentality that said, okay, I can resist all things except temptation. And what you did is when the temptation came up, came along, you gave into it. It was guaranteed. It was an absolute that you did not resist temptation. And as a non-Christian, the way you lived your life is with the mindset that the only way to deal with temptation, the only way to get rid of that temptation was to yield to it. That's how you lived your life. In fact, I don't know how long it was until God called you I'm trying to make a point here, but if if your calling occurred at age 40, okay, for 40 years, this is how you lived your life. You lived your life with the belief system, I can resist all things except temptation, and the only way to deal with temptation is to yield with it, yield to it. So you you have behavior patterns that have been set up in your life, and there's a reason as a Christian now, you have this incredible struggle going on. But we're going to talk about, in this program, we're going to talk about identifying the cause of temptation, where it comes from, and how to deal with it. Is That Really in the Bible? presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Now, I want to look at one man and yet two different temptations that the man had. One presented a real problem. The other one did not. The other temptation did not. His name was David. And it says, and David, this is First Samuel 17 and verse 26, and David spake to them that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, here was a man, I mean a big man, a superman, you know, probably three feet taller than David was. Uh, I forget what the what they actually say, the a cubic or how tall this man was. But this was a big warrior. And David has no fear. Now, fear can be a great temptation. You know, I, mean, I don't know what you would do, but if you were faced with a Goliath in your life, you know, you may crawl away in absolute fear. But David didn't seem, I mean, this this could have been an enormous temptation for David 
to just run like a dog with his tail between his legs uh, and, and just run away from this. But this was not the temperament of David. But now let's consider another temptation. Second Samuel 11, verse 2. Same man, same man. says, And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. So we know the story that uh, David was tempted, and he fell to this temptation. They committed adultery. And a lot of further sins were committed after that. He had uh, Bathsheba's uh, husband killed, Uriah. And and so one sin led to another. But this was a temptation. But, I mean, what's the difference here? What's the difference between the two? To me, both could be powerful. One is a sexual temptation. The other, temptation to give in to your fears. One temptation, David passed with flying colors, the fear factor. There seemed to be no fear in the man. The other temptation, he failed miserably, the temptation, uh, the sexual temptation. So what was the difference? Well, if you look at David's life, as far as fear is concerned, you'll find earlier in life where he's talking to Saul and he says, look, as a young shepherd boy, boy, I killed, I think it was a bear and a lion that come out and tried to kill the sheep. And I slew them both with a knife. So the man was basically through his youth, uh, fearless. So that did not present a problem. However, however, the other temptation, sexual temptation, you know, David, there was a pattern in his life. He had, I forget how many concubines, how many wives. What was going on in his makeup here? Why did he have to consume so many women? Because you can only love one woman. And so I think you're dealing with a pattern here of behavior that David had, and that is the reason he fell to this temptation. It was certain behavior patterns that crept up in his life and led to this uh, temptation, falling to this type of temptation. Again, now, both temptations can be powerful. Uh, The temptation of fear to fear doing something, to fear make, taking a risk, to fear speaking up, to fear uh, making that move or whatever, that can be a huge temptation. And maybe as a man, you, you realize, okay, man, I have failed in this area so many times. On the other hand, it may be the area of temptation. It, it could be, we're just dealing with two temptations here. But what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is there are behavior patterns that have developed in your life that causes you to struggle with this temptation that that you're struggling with there are there is a a stronghold that has developed in your life and it took years to develop that stronghold and that's going to be the area that you're tempted at with the greatest now i don't need to tell you this i mean whatever your temptation is it doesn't matter take your pick whatever you're struggling with The fact of the matter is, you know how it got to be a stronghold in your life. I don't need to tell you how that happened. You already know. You have the experience of knowing how this thing became so dominant in your life. And so that's the reason you struggle with this temptation. Now, having said that, how do we deal with temptation? How do we overcome temptation? Is there ever a point in our life where we can you know, maybe look back and realize, okay, I am no longer tempted in this area. Uh, Where do the temptations come from? Is it the devil putting thoughts in your mind? 
is it just you? Is it God tempting you? You know, we need to answer these questions because, you know, until you answer some of these questions, you're always going to be in a confused state of mind when it comes to temptation. And and one of the worst things to be in is a confused state of mind when it comes to your own personal temptations. Now, in Exodus 20 and verse 17, it tells us something uh, very revealing about the source of temptation. It says, do not desire, especially sexual temptation, do not desire another man's house, do not desire his wife, his slave, his cattle, his donkey, or anything else that he owns. So I've often looked at this and I thought, why does God, God's word say, don't desire your neighbor's wife? Why the emphasis on that? Why would it specifically identify this particular woman, okay, your neighbor's wife. Well, because that's your, she's right beside you. She is your neighbor. She's your neighbor's wife. And so you see her every now and then. Maybe you interact with her every now and then. And because she is there, that's where the greatest source of temptation can be with your neighbor's wife. Now, if you move, if you're in the country and you move to the city, well, then that particular temptation is going to dissipate and it's going to be a new neighbor that you have and probably he'll have a wife. And so the temptation then will be toward another uh, woman here. And if you move again, the same thing will occur again. So my point is, in, in illustrating this, is it's, it's not that you are tempted because of what you see. It's not that you're tempted because of locality. It's not be- you're tempted because of your neighbor's wife. You're tempted because of a sickness that's going on in your mind. You carry that sickness with you wherever you go, regardless of who your neighbor may be, regardless of your locality, regardless of of who or what you see, you're carrying that disease inside of you, and it's in your mind. It's you, okay? Now, I've met men who have beautiful wives, and guess what they talk about? They talk about wanting another woman, or they talk about temptation toward another woman. And I'm telling you, it doesn't make any sense. It would be like sitting down to the most wonderful steak dinner. If you could imagine what the perfect steak dinner would be for me, it would be butter and sour cream on the potato, baked potato. It would be a hot plate that keeps the steak warm. It would be certain type of salad, you know, salad dressings. And, and, so, and so you sit down to this beautiful steak dinner, and you look over – and you say, I don't want mine, I want his. I want another steak dinner that you see that basically is the exact same thing. You don't want yours, but you want another. Now, that's a sickness. And until you identify that you are sick, you will never get over, uh, you will never get victory over temptation. The thought of you as a married man uh, getting into bed with a strange woman and undressing yourself, undressing herself, whatever, ought to be appalling to you. And if it's not appalling, that tells you that you've got a sickness going on inside of your mind, that there is an evil, there is a wickedness in the way. And chances are this has developed from what we would call stinking thinking that you've just, you know, maybe you were a womanizer, maybe you... You always gave in to the flesh. You always gave in to your desires, uh, compulsivity, whatever it may be, that you looked at women for the biggest part of your life as objects for, for gratification, for sexual gratification. 
And so that's the problem, and that problem has developed a stronghold in your life, and that's the reason you struggle with that temptation or any temptation that you want to talk about. You have developed a stronghold in your life by perverted, twisted thinking. I came across a statement that said, Beware, for Satan knows what flavor of sin to bait his hook with. Now, the question, how does Satan know what flavor to bait his hook, hook with? Well, it's, it's very simple. It's the pattern of your life that he examines. It is the obvious fruit of your life that he has looked at. And it's a no-brainer. I mean, he, he looks at your life and the things that you've done, and he looks at the strongholds that you have developed in your life, and that's obvious, obviously that's where the temptation is going to come from. It, it's a no-brainer as to how he baits the hook, okay? You, you don't have to be very smart to figure that one out. Now, someone said that you can't take a thought out of your mind. You can only replace it with another thought. I think this is very important to understand when it comes to temptation, Christian, the Christian and sexual temptation, that those thoughts that come into your mind, you can only replace it with another thought. Okay, so what can we do when we're tempted? Well, you can replace it with another thought. For example, if you're tempted sexually, you can pray for the woman. You can start praying. Let's say you're, you're tempted uh, for your neighbor's wife. Well, you can start praying that she will be a godly woman. You can pray that for her children. You can pray that she will be faithful to her husband. In other words, you're taking those thoughts and you're replacing them with something else. Now, this is very uh, effective uh, to do this. It's because if you just try to struggle with the temptation that is coming your way in your mind, you will probably fall to that temptation. You have to replace it. Again, you can't take a thought out of your mind. You can only replace it with another thought. So I think the Bible speaks to this concept of, of replacement here. In Ephesians 4 and verse 28, it says, Let him that steals steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to them that need it. So instead of the temptation to steal, now this person is is working with his hands. So there's a replacement there that, that's going on in the individual's life. And then it goes on in verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. So instead of this temptation of corrupt communication, this vile filth or whatever coming out of a person's mouth, he replaces that with something that edifies. So so again, when you're dealing with temptations of the mind, what's going on in the mind, it may be hard to find something to replace it with, but, but my advice is to replace it with prayer, praying for that person. It's, it's a very powerful thing that you can do to uh, replace that temptation with something else because as, it say, as, as, as I said earlier, it is very difficult to take a thought out of your mind. You can only replace it with another thought. Now let's talk about where do temptations come from. There's basically two different views here. One is God has allowed me to be tempted. The other view is Satan is putting thoughts into my mind. And I think both of these are incorrect. They And again, if you're struggling with temptation and you don't have the right knowledge about how to deal where these temptations come from, 
And so you're believing a lie. You're believing that, one, God is allowing this, or two, Satan is putting these thoughts in my mind. You know, the devil made me do it. Well, then you're going to continue to struggle if you're living, you know, if you have a model of ignorance that you've built, you know, your mindset on, you're, you're working out of a false premises here, and you'll never have victory over temptation. In James 1 and verse 13, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. So that answers the question about God uh, allowing a person to be tempted. or you know, My point is it's totally unnecessary for, for God to do this. It's, it's totally unnecessary for God to go around tempting people. Okay, uh, in James 1 and verse 14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And let's notice that every man is tempted when God allows him to be, you know, tempted or God places a temptation in front of him. No, that's not what it says. Okay, but every man is tempted when the devil puts thoughts into his mind. No, that's not what it says. It says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So that tells us where the temptation is coming from. It's coming from within, inside of you. Next verse, verse 15, then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. So this verse, in a very powerful way, answers uh, the question, where do temptations come from? And again, as I said earlier, okay, the two false premises is, okay, God has allowed this temptation to come upon me. Satan is putting thoughts into my mind. That's, you know, one or the other. God allows me to be tempted, or Satan is putting thoughts into my mind. And again, my point is, it's totally unnecessary for this. For You know, you're doing an excellent job of this all by yourself. Okay. None of this is Satan putting thoughts into your mind, God allowing you to be tempted. This is totally unnecessary because you're doing a great job in and of yourself with temptations. You don't need any extra help is what I'm saying. Okay. Now let's notice a, a, another verse, First uh, Corinthians 10 and verse 13. It says, There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But with the temptation also will make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. And again, the emphasis on this verse is personal responsibility. And we're talking about humankind. Never think that your temptation is something that you only struggle with. I mean, especially... This subject is, is sexual temptation and the Christian. Well, I mean, when it comes to sexual temptation, you know, not that men would, would maybe they won't tell you everything they struggle with, but it's all common. I mean, it's, it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's common. But it, it's, you know, you're not dealing with something that only you are struggling with. It's common to all men. And there is a way to escape is the good news that we find in the Bible. Now, the way out. What is the way out of these temptations? Now, I'm going to tell you the way, and you may or may not like it. Here it is. Now, this is something I heard from, I think it was Andrew Womack Ministry, and I thought it was probably one of the most powerful statements I've ever heard a preacher say. He said this. He said, you cannot be tempted by a thought you don't think. 
Now, just let that sort of, you know, pour into your mind and just sort of settle in for a while. You cannot be tempted by a thought you don't think. And, you know, and if you think about this, you'll, you'll say, well, of course not. Well, that's, that's, that's an absolute statement. I mean, how could you be tempted by a thought you don't think? So what's the point? Well, the point is this. Every temptation that you struggle with exists because you want it to think the thoughts. So we're back around. We've come full circle back around to you. You know, we've, we've done this big loop, this big circle, asking where do, where do temptations come from, trying to get the source of it, and we're all the way back around, full circle, and we come back to you as the individual. And the fact of the matter is, you cannot be tempted by a thought you don't think. Now, you know, be honest with God. Be honest with God. And, and when you are tempted, you know, you, you might as well admit it to God because he already knows it. That, you know, Lord, I am wanting to think these vile thoughts. I am wanting to think these sensual, sexual thoughts or whatever they may be, whatever your temptation may be. And to take that before God in all brutal honesty and say, Lord, help me to deal with this. But I believe that if you are alert, if you are aware, if you are on top of things, and you start your day out with the awareness that you cannot be tempted by a thought you don't think. You know, today is the day the Lord has made, and I am going to, just for today, one day at a time, and this is the only way you can handle this, one day at a time, for this day, I am, you know, I, I'm not going to be tempted because I'm not going to think those thoughts. It's a powerful, personal one-on-one, I mean, you're, you're just, it's you and God, and it's your mind, and it's your thoughts, and it's your temptations if you allow it. If you allow your mind to go down those channels, yeah, it's your thoughts. But you don't have to allow your mind to go down those channels of temptations. Again, you cannot be tempted by a thought you don't think. Every temptation that you've ever struggled with existed because you want it to think those thoughts. In fact, that's exactly what this verse is telling us in James 1 and verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Now, sometimes people will ask the question, well, what about Abraham? Wasn't Abraham tempted? And, uh, well, yes, he was, but let's notice the difference here. In Genesis 22 and verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. So you know the story. Uh, He was tempted. He was told to go sacrifice his son, Isaac. Now, the word tempted there means to test. And, you know, there's a... You have to understand what that word is to to test. This is an external, this is not an internal thing that Abraham is struggling with. In other words, the difference between these two words here where it says Abraham, uh, uh, God did tempt Abraham, which the word actually means to test. The difference between that word and James 1 and verse 14 where it says every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You know, that that word, tempted, means to entice, which implies, you know, an internal thing. 
you know, the difference between the two was this, that Abraham was not enticed to sacrifice his son. There was nothing inside of him that wanted to do that, whereas our temptations that come from within, the enticement that comes from within, they are internal. You know, if God comes along and tests you with something, it will be an external thing. It will be out of the blue. You know, go do this, do that, do that. You know, if he tempts you, if he tests you in that area to do something, but it's it's not something coming from within. Our temptations come from, they are internal. They are our own enticements that come from within. So let's not take this verse where God said, God did tempt Abraham and then jump to the illusion that every temptation that we go through, that God somehow has his hand in it, and he's trying to get us to see whether or not we're going to yield to this temptation or not. Let's not go there, because that's just not, as I said earlier, we don't need any extra help from God or from Satan. These temptations come from within. They are enticements. They are internal temptations that come from within. And if you want to know where they came from, you just have to look at the strongholds and the behavior patterns that have been set up in your life. That's all you got to look at to know where are they coming from. So there's a verse that tells us that we actually have the mind of Christ. That is, if the Spirit of God is dwelling in you, that you actually have the mind of Christ. I think it's it's 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16 that says, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That is, if God's Spirit is in you, you have the mind of Christ. Now, where do you take? Christ, the mind of Christ. You know, where where are you taking it? You know, you see, see, every day there are defining moments. Your day consists of many, many, many defining moments. And where are you taking that mind that belongs to Jesus Christ? That is your mind. And again, you know, I talked about earlier the way out, and that is you cannot be tempted by a thought you don't think. You cannot be tempted by a thought you don't think. You know, I heard statistics one time that 50% of Christian men are addicted to some type of pornography. You know, I think we ought to be praying for one another as men. And regardless of whether, you know, you may say, well, I don't even know if they are true Christians or not or whatever, but that that's not the point. We need to be praying for one another in this area. Because what the Bible tells us is something that is very serious about this issue of temptation, specifically sexual temptation, that men go through. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16, it says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, that's something, you know, that if you went down in the waters of baptism baptism, and, you know, you had hands laid on you and you have received the Spirit of God, you have become a new creature in Christ. You are becoming, I should say, a new creature in Christ. We need to take that very seriously because next verse, verse 17 says, if any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So I want to leave you with that serious note because it is a serious issue. Often, you know, we 
human beings think that, you know, our minds are our own, that we take them wherever we want to go, you know, where whatever thought we want to think, you know, that, and you need to realize that, no, if you're a Christian, you belong to Christ and it's time as men that we get serious about this issue of temptation. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.